Welcome to Conversations in Equine Science. My name is Kate Acton and I'm joined by Nancy McLean. And this is the podcast where we take equine research and try and make it accessible to horse owners and enthusiasts alike. Remember that with each topic we discuss, it's important to get professional advice before implementing any of the strategies. This week, Kate and I are going to discuss an email we received from a listener, and it has to deal with equine-assisted therapy and if it helps anxiety um, disorders. And uh, the email is from a listener that actually lives about an hour away from me. So um, she sent the email to me, and it says, Good morning, Nancy. First off, thank you for a wonderful podcast. I do look forward to each episode. My only complaint is they go go by too fast. I'd be good with a little longer format. And then she has a smiley face. I don't think Kate (laughs) would be good with a little longer format, though. (laughs) um, She says, I do have a request for research. My daughter is in high school, age 15, and pre-COVID, had what I would consider normal teen anxiety. Uh, She was questioning going into new situations and maybe not knowing anyone in an event, what to wear, etc. She said post-COVID though, after isolation, virtual school, etc. Different story. Her doctor diagnosed her with social anxiety disorder or SAD, and we do own a horse, and I compete. She used to, but has gotten away from horse life once in high school. Is there any research on horses that truly, without a doubt, is able to pinpoint that lowering anxiety and stress in humans is a result of horse therapy, particularly adolescents and teens. Thanks again, Amy H., St. Louis, Missouri. So, Amy, thank you so much for reaching out. Um, You know, I was so amazed uh, when I went to Google Scholar and uh, some of my journals, and I Googled uh, pre-COVID and post-COVID anxiety conditions, and there's thousands. Every country from Greece, France, India, they're all talking about particularly adolescents and teens having what's considered post-COVID anxiety disorders, and they're attributing it to isolation and school being a virtual and things like that. Now, I also Googled social anxiety disorder and equine therapy and came back with over 100 research papers that confirm, yes, uh, working with horses, doing equine-assisted activities, riding. Um, It doesn't even have to be riding therapy. It can just be working in a barn around horses does seem to lessen social anxiety. What do you think, Kate? Um, I know you've got a connection with a therapy place in Ireland 
Um, what's your feelings on this? Yeah, um, my sister did some um, work with Facina Lente is the name of the group. So it's F-E-S-T-I-N-A-L-E-N-T-E. And um, she trains to be a, a therapeutic instructor, writing instructor. And I got to participate once. They needed uh, leaders to come along to lead the ponies. And it was really incredible, um, particularly because a lot of the children, um, and they were young adolescents as well that were involved in the writing lessons, were nonverbal. Um, they were vocal, but they were nonverbal. And the difference you would see, I mean, it was just an immediate effect when they got up on the horses. A lot of the children, I think they call it uh, stimming. My apologies if my terminology is not right for this, but I think it's stimming um, where it's kind of like a repeated behavior that um, a person can carry out if you have that kind of um, condition. So some of the children were doing that and when they got on the horse, and the horse started moving, they just went really calm and really quiet. And some of them were just smiling to themselves. And it was just one of the most lovely experiences to be a part of. Um, what they did in particular was they didn't use saddles. So they just used a numna. And a big thing was that, like, you know, you're more connected with the horse. You can really feel the movement of the horse. Um, and it just that I could physically see having been part of that, the effect it has. And then from this paper, there is so much research. Like I knew there was research for dogs and cats in assisted therapies that they lower heart rate, even just petting your dog at home will lower your heart rate. But the fact that they've got equine assisted therapies where you don't even have to get up on the horse, you don't have to ride them as Nancy says, you can just go to the yard or be around them or groom them. And it has a mutual effect because grooming them can lower their heart rates as well. So I think it's a brilliant thing. Hobbies are so important too. And especially when we start to feel a bit lost and overwhelmed, it's very easy to drop our hobbies. Um, but often they can kind of be the lifeline that helps perk us up again. Yep, I agree. I think too... Like maybe, um, you know, I would recommend for to Amy to go ahead and start searching out some programs because, um, you know, there are different types of programs in the area, different type of licensing and formats. Sometimes there's physical therapists, sometimes there's behavioral therapists involved. And you always want to have a professional overseeing the therapy. And then that way, it's not like um, she's just doing barn visits to see you know, their horse that they own, they actually could maybe develop a peer group and have to go to a place where you don't know anyone else and then let the horse kind of hold your hand and get you through that. Um, I thought it was important. There was that 2015 study where they took 12 women under the age of 30. I think they were 18 to 30, 18 to 29 years of age. And all 12 of them improved their social anxiety disorder. The, the symptoms were 
really reduced um, with a combination of equine-assisted activities coupled with cognitive behavioral therapy. And a lot of times in that therapy, you take on those negative thoughts that you know you have, like um, you're going to be highly embarrassed at an event, and you turn that thought around in your brain and you learn to manage those thoughts, um, you know, you actually may do it purposefully. You don't let those thoughts run away with you. And I think those thoughts then can change your behavior if you learn how to manage them. And so much in horses and horsemanship is controlling your fear, controlling your reaction, learning to respond versus react, I guess you would call it. And that gives you such psychological control. And it's also gives you physical control when you're actually working with horses and whether it's on the ground or riding them. And I think that sometimes results in huge confidence and self-esteem boost. Anytime you can control your emotions and, you know, have kind of a poker face and not just react to things is really empowering. And I think that's really useful in a lot of these programs. I think that's so true, Nancy, because it was literally, I think two weeks ago, I had this conversation with a friend who also did horse riding as a child. And we were talking about it. And I was saying that I really feel like it teaches you how um, to regulate your emotions, which is something that you know, a lot of people do struggle with, and especially since the pandemic, it can be very difficult. But I was saying that it it could had only really come to me recently that I was thinking about this. But the fact that when you ride a horse, if something happens, like you feel a sense of responsibility in that situation. So if the horse gets spooked, you're suddenly like almost like the adult, even when you're a kid. And I, I don't know how to really articulate it properly, but I think it gives you that level of responsibility gives you a level of confidence because you're not just looking out for yourself. You're looking out for the horse as well. And you have to stay calm in these situations where there is panic. So you learn how to emotionally regulate as well. And it's something that you can then use like so, so much in future, you know, in social situations, but even in things like job interviews and stuff, you know, where your nerves are going to be running high and your adrenaline's running high and you can learn to take a few deep breaths and you're like, okay, let's just try and do the best we can with this. And so I think horse riding is such a great hobby to have as a kid. I think it's so important. Um, Especially if she had a background in it before as well. I think it'd be easier to get back into. I, I think it would be too. And, you know, I, you know how it is when you get in high school, you know, you're into music and boys and sports, maybe or drama or whatever. And so you tend to put the horses on the back burner. And, you know, sometimes, um, you know, it can be circular and lead you back to a place where you were really happy before and you didn't realize it. And so I'm hoping that, um, you know, it does help her out. The research definitely does show 
it helps people out. And I think you're right, Kate. I think uh, it's that being empathetic towards the emotions of another being and being able to help. You know, you know the horse is spooked. So I think maybe a, a person who doesn't have control would get angry with a horse for spooking. But, you know, that's just a horse being a horse. So by learning to control your emotions and look at it from the horse's point of view, I think that is such an empowering thing for all of life to be able to put your self in someone else's shoes or another animal's shoes and or I guess horseshoes I should say <laughs> yeah <laughs> be able to you know think outside yourself and I think sometimes perhaps COVID and being isolated and not being with others we became kind of self-centered maybe I mean you lived in a bubble you weren't actually involved with interacting with people and online just isn't the same as being in person and high school is incredibly difficult so if anyone is in high school right now you know you hear people say it gets better and I can tell you it it a thousand (laughs) times does high school is so hard I mean I remember reading this paper and and I'm gonna butcher this stat because Apologies in advance. I really can't remember, but I think it was by 90%. So they said when boys hit puberty, their testosterone level increases by 90%, something like that. And I can't remember the percentage for the hormone increase in girls, but that, I mean, what that does to your head, you go from zero to 90 with hormones. It's incredibly difficult. And I think teenagers get a hard time in general, but I mean, none of us would, you know, go back to high school. I don't think if we were offered a million bucks. So <laughs> it's it's definitely when you come out the other side of the hormones, you come out the other side of high school, you just have so many more options and your friend group options open up too, because when you leave high school, you make friends with people that are interested in things like, for example, horses, if you're into horses, And if you drop that during high school, but you pick it up again after, you get back in with those kinds of friend groups. It's not just, oh, I'm friends with this person because they're in my class, but, you know, we don't really actually get along that great. And you're kind of just circumstantially friends with people, um, which happens as well. And that's all part of character building too. But I think to keep your hobbies and to be able to get back into horse riding is such a brilliant thing. And this paper does point out that there are benefits of equine therapy and there are some disadvantages. Um, The benefits, I'll just go through really quick. There was a number of studies. So a 2018 study found a decrease in PTSD symptoms in military veterans after therapeutic riding treatment. A 2015 study found that after horse-assisted therapy, young people reported significantly stronger motivation to stay in substance abuse treatments. Several studies found significant increases in resilience in veterans and in young people in residential care that involved equine therapy. And a 2016 study showed significant increases in emotional intelligence among professional caregivers with compassion fatigue. 
Some of the disadvantages, though, that it is worth pointing out is the fact that horses are expensive. Therefore, the therapies that use horses are going to be expensive. It's not necessarily um, accessible to everyone, but there are charities and there are groups that are striving to make it more accessible. So look up what's in your area. Even reach out um, to the charities that you know work with your condition or your child's condition or your dependent's condition and see if they know of any equine charities because they might be able to link you and just open up that channel. Um, It hasn't really been agreed upon yet, so this is another disadvantage. What the best equine-assisted therapy method is for which conditions, but that's just because there isn't enough studies in it. All the studies are showing as a baseline that all the therapies have an improvement. So it's just about pinpointing what one can really soar, you know, for which condition and, you know, tenfold improve it. Those studies are yet to come out, but the ones so far um, are all really positive. And then the last disadvantage, disadvantage is just horses can be difficult to access. So these therapies mightn't be possible for people that live near cities. Um, I know there are, for people that have certain conditions and more severe conditions, there are respite places where you can go to and some of them do equine therapy. So that would be the equivalent of like a summer camp for a child or for an adult, they could go and do a two-week respite. So if you are a carer of someone that is in that situation, that's also worth looking into too and to see if a charity might sponsor that kind of um I suppose getaway and that treatment with horses included in the therapy yeah I I think that's um a good way to go too and sometimes um you know if you your health insurance doesn't cover it sometimes if you have a professional medical person writing a prescription for a therapy and they are PATH International approved. That means a professional association for therapeutic horsemanship. If it's an approved facility, um, health insurance may cover this therapy, especially if you have a prescription from a doctor and there's a licensed physical therapist on board. Now, each situation and each insurance uh, carrier is a little different. So um, I think there's a lot of variety there. But um, I thought it was very interesting that um, the ancient Greeks gave horseback riding as a therapy to people that had incurable illnesses. So um, 17th century literature said that it was suggested as a therapy for gout, neurological ailments, and low morale. So, you know, not a whole lot has changed. And I was amazed that Florence Nightingale in 1860 um, discovered that uh, sick people who were uh, thought to be um, kind of chronically sick or incurable, if they had a small animal around, they were more likely to be happier and recover faster than those that didn't have animals. So this animal therapy and the ancient Greeks knew horse therapy 
was definitely beneficial to people. And I just think it improves quality of life and it makes you happier if you form that connection with an animal as large as a horse or pony. I, I think that's so true. And I think it's that way that, you know, there mightn't be research out yet to show it, but you can physically see it and you can feel it. Yeah, well, and the way it makes you feel is a massive indicator. Yeah, and the UK was a little bit of a forerunner on this before the United States. I don't think any therapy at least was documented before the 1944-45 era when the Army Air Corps had a convalescent hospital. So, you know, a lot of soldiers from World War II had post-traumatic stress syndrome before it was even a term. And they found out that if they sent those soldiers to work on the hospital farm, they did so much better and recovered faster. So there's something about large animals, hard work, being outside. It's that whole agricultural environment that in today's world, a lot of people don't have access to. So, um, you know, I think there's good and bad, as Kate said, about it. We need more research. However, you can't go wrong. Fresh air, you know, good weather, animals, it's all good. Get a little dirty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, I would say to Amy, I think she's on the right track and keep us posted how your daughter does, um, you know, what the therapy does if you decide to go that option. But um, I I think, um, you know, it definitely couldn't hurt. Yeah, I think there's so much. It's nice to get um, a research question and there's so much overwhelmingly positive research (laughs) that answers the question. Because um, sometimes, we, you know, we only return one or two papers, but there are so many papers on this topic. You know, it was, I couldn't believe it. And I even narrowed down to 2021 uh, and 2022. And still there's constantly research coming out. So anyway, I think that's about all I had, Kate. Yeah, and just watch this space, I guess, because as the research develops, we will definitely give an update. Sounds good. And thank you, Amy, for your email. And thanks, everyone. And uh, any research requests, send them through Facebook, Instagram, or um, the homepage at Anchor, and we'd be happy to look into it for you. Brilliant. Thanks, Nancy. Take care. You too. Bye-bye.